Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, you've been around the Jesus movement. You've been yes, around, sir. you know, for years. So you're saying you've never seen a move of God like this in your life. Not like this. Not like the dramatic healings. You know, another time we huddled the staff, we prayed together, and I was telling them the miracles are exciting. The healings are exciting. But I, I warned them. I said the day is coming when they're going to scare us. The miracles <laughs> are going to be so uh out of our frame of reference that we're going to be scared that's already started to happen wow. you know where we have a young lady that was healed of multiple sclerosis her name is nicole her story is one of those for the ages uh, her husband wanted her to be healed of multiple sclerosis and she was pregnant and gave birth during covid so with her multiple conditions, the hospital didn't even lead her, let her see her baby. Wow. The baby was born, separated from the mother. She didn't see the baby for weeks. And uh, you can imagine a, a mom, a Christian mom, she's yeah. a woman of God, yeah. and she couldn't see her baby, but she's fighting multiple sclerosis. And so she, the baby, and the husband would come to our tent crusades. They came to three of them. And she would be placed in the front of the tent and was carried in, placed at the front of the tent. And then the husband would walk outside and pray, circling the tent in the parking lot over and over again. Wow. He did it. He did it in Bakersfield. Then he did it in Modesto. And then last August, he did it in Sacramento. And I looked at her and uh, they had her on the front to my left. And I said, Jesus Christ is healing you of multiple sclerosis. She got up, began to move her arms and legs. Yes. She began to dance and give God the glory. She goes back to her doctor and he signs off saying, since this tent crusade, she doesn't need any medication at all. She has shown dramatic, impossible progress. Yes. And that, that's just one of many miracles like that that are happening. And gangsters are getting saved. We had yes. drug dealers that will walk up to the front, drop their drugs on the floor and say, I'm going to serve God starting right now. We have footage of all this. And it's wow. just, it's an astonishing moment.
Good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you're watching. Welcome to The Remnant. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. Thankful that you have tuned in today. Thankful that you're here. Thankful that you're alive. Why do I say that? Well, we've had quite the week. Uh, our, our phones have been ringing off the hook at the ministry, and we've been talking to many of you who live down in Florida and seeing how we can uh, help in efforts of cleanup and uh, just many families that are that are dealing with many different issues. And so, uh, we are we are activated in Florida, and the Re Religious Liberty Coalition has been in contact with I think almost all of our churches that are part of the coalition down there. And we just want you to know uh, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, 
Um, I know it's a very difficult time. I lived through the 91 earthquake. It was the 94 or 91 earthquake in California. And uh, that was quite devastating. It was right in Northridge. We pastored in Northridge. So uh, I, I recall very well what that was like. And I can only imagine what you're going through uh, down there in Florida. And so we just want you to know we're thinking about you. We love you. We're praying for you. And please reach out to us if you are in uh, significant need and you have challenges and you need our assistance. So uh, go ahead and reach out to us at todd.coconato at rlcus.org. And uh, the Religious Liberty Coalition would be happy to uh, respond and see how we might be able to help or uh, connect you with somebody that can help. So just wanted to say that before we get into the message this morning, I want you to know we're thinking about you. We love you. We're praying for you. And I know this is a difficult time. Uh, and by the way, I don't want to leave out Puerto Rico and uh, other places. Mexico City just had an earthquake, I think, somewhere around there. Um, so there's a lot of devastation, a lot of different things happening right now. And uh, we always want you to know that as a church body, we, we are willing to pray and uh, stand with you in any way that we can. Um, so uh, don't hesitate to reach out, okay? All right, let's go ahead and pray. And uh, I want to get into the message this morning. And I really believe God is going to meet us in power as we talk about some very important things. We're going to talk about the latter rain because God has really spoke to me about you know, why some of us are dealing with such depression and oppression and uh, feel defeated. And, uh, you know, I, I, we, we talked about deliverance and, and how to get delivered of that uh, last week and the week before. Uh, we're going to get even uh, into deeper study in this area of why we are to really have vision moving forward and think about the latter rain, because uh, this is important. God is going to pour out his spirit upon the earth in the last days, according to the word of God. And so we want to talk about that. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So uh, go ahead and watch this quick video and we'll be right back. And then we're going to pray. We're going to get into the message.
Well, I'm just so thankful that you're here today, and I really believe God is going to meet us. We need him today. We need him big time, right? We need I know I do. Uh, we need him big time today. So I'm just going to pray, and we're going to invite his presence, and then let's get into the word, okay? Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I know that it's a lamp unto our feet. Lord, I, I believe there's many people that need nourishing today. They need to be strengthened today. They need to be encouraged today. And, uh, and so I just pray you'd speak to us today. You'd give us that sustenance, that manna, that daily bread that we need, Lord God, to press ahead and to be the remnant, to be the church, to be the ecclesia, that we would not only go and make disciples and, 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 and go and share the good news, but we'd be a, the salt and the light, and that we would stand, and that we would not grow weary. So I just thank you for your presence, and I just give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, many people all around the country, they always ask me, they say, Pastor Todd, you know, is it the last days? Are we in the last days? And I, I really believe we are in the last days. I don't know that we're in the end of the end. Uh, I believe that, uh, you know, the Lord spoke to me a few months ago and he said the end is not yet. And uh, I believe he wants us to occupy and he wants us to stand and he wants us to be the church in this hour, not to go into some cave somewhere and, uh, you know, retract and wait to be raptured. You know, we talk about that a lot. I really believe we're meant to occupy. We're meant to really be visible, to be the head and not the tail, to speak out, to be lovers of truth, you know? And so I want to just share a couple of scriptures here, though, um, because we're in, we're in a very different hour. You know, it, things shifted over the last couple of years, you know, and I know there's not a lot of people talking about this, but things dramatically shifted, you know, from 2020 and even before that. I think this was happening for many years before that, but there's been a, a change in our society and our world that's very significant, that's very noticeable, that's very tangible. And they're calling what's good evil. They're calling what's evil good. Uh, we're seeing many of the things. We're seeing the Bible coming to life. And this is that pressure that you feel, that pressure that I feel, that we often talk about. But something shifted, even with what happened in 2020, even with what happened where those that recognized that God had an anointing on you know, President Trump and then those that didn't recognize that and said, hey, you're crazy, that's not true at all. You know, there's been a lot of separations that have happened between COVID, you know, all the political stuff that's gone on. But what I really believe that this all has been has been spiritual and it's been significant that God has been preparing his bride and he's been refining his bride and he's been, you know, making us have to go through a season where it's uncomfortable and, it, and there's a shaking and it's, it's so noticeable. And you can tell right away if somebody is a true remnant person, whether they get it, where they're tracking with you, you may have never met him before in your life. Has this happened to you? Never met the person before, but within two minutes, you know, they're brethren because you can see that they see and they understand and they have those eyes to see and they have those ears to hear. And so God has forged very special relationships in this hour where he's bringing his remnant together for a time as this. But he's also putting us through. I saw a post the other day and I thought it was a very profound post. This woman had posted. She said, you know, I'm, I'm having like the greatest victories in my life. She says, but simultaneously, I'm having the greatest challenges of my life. She says, I don't know quite What's to think about it? And I said, my goodness, I so relate to what this woman is saying because we've seen tremendous victories. We've seen a harvest, like unlike anything we've ever seen in over 20 years of ministry. I mean, I always talk about this. The lines are so long. People are getting baptized. And, you know, the, the emails that we get from all over the world, your letters and, you know, the correspondence. And it's just, it's, it's amazing. And it's, it's, it's remarkable what God has done. And I marvel at what God has done. And, you know, I, 
I look to fathers in the faith, like, you know, David Wilkerson and people that have, have gone on to be with the Lord. And, you know, Dr. Jack Hafer, who was a mentor in my life, who's still alive, but, you know, very elderly at this point. But, you know, we honor him tremendously. And and those that have gone before us and, and even before them, you know, William Seymour's and, and the Azusa Street Revival and Amy Simple McPherson and, you know, all these different people that we talk about, you know, Catherine Kuhlman, you know, where we've seen the Lord has used people that are the most you know, uh, the strange people that we wouldn't think he would use. I mean, not, not, you know, not people that we would probably pick. In other words, I'm not saying that the people I mentioned are strange, but I'm just saying, you know, like Donald Trump. I mean, you know, you wouldn't have thought that, that God would, you know, anoint someone like Donald Trump to, to be about his business with, you know, like a Cyrus anointing, but yet look what he does, right? He picks uh, this people that we wouldn't pick. He uses people that we probably wouldn't think he would use. He's done this throughout the scripture. He's still doing it today. Guess what? He's doing it in my life. You know, people didn't think Pastor Todd Coconato. I mean, he, Todd Coconato would not have been a pastor if you would have gone back to like, you know, the 1990s and said that people would have said, what? You're crazy. You know, that's not at all who this guy is going to be. You know, we can see his character. We see who he is. He's not a pastor. You know, fast forward, you know, what, 20 something years. And, you know, I'm a pastor. People know me as a pastor, you know. So God uses the most unlikely people like the Apostle Paul, who was killing the, I mean, literally like responsible for the murder of Christians, you know, who was somebody who was the biggest persecutor of the people of the way, the followers of the way, which was this new sect of people that had, you know, been spreading throughout, uh, you know, Judea and throughout, you know, all the lands of the Israel and the Old Testament, the New Testament, you know, that God, you know, had done something in bringing Jesus Christ, you know, into the world, who is the Messiah, who is the eternal sacrificial lamb that bridged the gap between a sinful man and a holy God, you know, changed the whole thing. I mean, from, from the old covenant to the new covenant, he didn't come to, you know, abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. So we're living in, this is the reality. And now we're in the last days. We're in the end times. Now, again, I don't know if it's the end of the end, but it certainly is a late hour. And I'm going to read some scriptures that are going to correlate and, and back that theory up. Uh, but here they are. So if you got your Bible, go ahead and turn to 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, and I'm going to read this starting in verse 2, actually verse 1, 2 Timothy 3, verse 1. It says, this know also that in the last days, perilous times are going to come, okay? And men are going to be lovers of themselves. They're going to be contentious. They're going to be boasters. They're going to be proud. They're going to be blasphemers. Uh, they're going to be disobedient people, disobedient to their parents, uh, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, uh, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, uh, fierce, dis despisers of those that are good, traitors, uh, haughty, uh, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, and from such turn away. Now, friends, all those things are happening right now. All of those things are happening right now. And when we see the things on, you know, what, what the news, I don't watch much of the news these days, but, you know, I'll catch clips on Facebook or different things, you know, but when we see the reports uh, of, the, of the mainstream corporate media and what's going on, it's, it's, it's almost overwhelming. And I think it's meant to be. I think it's meant to be overwhelming. You know, the devil wants us to be overwhelmed. He wants us to be so discouraged. He wants us to feel like we've lost. He wants us to give up. 
because that's when we lose, right? And so he knows the authority that the church has. He knows the authority that an empowered believer that's walking in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's able to go out and cast out and drive out, he knows what we're capable of. So, you know, all these things are happening. I mean, look, without natural affection, I see a lot of people like that. I mean, you would just think like, this person's just got no love. I mean, where is the love? You know, they just totally lack any any sympathy. You know, you see some of these people online and just how rude they are and how disrespectful and vicious and they just lack any respect or any honor. I mean, my goodness, you would think that, you know, I'm like a piece of dirt. I mean, the way that some of these people talk to me and I know they do the same to you because you are representative of Yeshua and you have the Holy Spirit. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit that lives in you. And we know that light and darkness can occupy the same place. The Bible says, what place does light have with darkness? And so we know that when you come in the room, the atmosphere changes because of the spirit of living God that lives in you. The Bible says "My uh, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we know that the Holy Spirit indwells in us when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So when we come in, there's an atmosphere shift. Uh, if somebody that's walking in the demonic, it's under the influence of darkness in the demonic realm, um, they're going to sense the presence of God. They're going to sense the Holy Spirit in you, and that's going to cause them to manifest and to react in a way that sometimes to us in the natural, we're looking at it and we're just like, how did this person get that reaction from what I just said? How did this person get that reaction? You know, you might have the best of intentions. You might be the kindest person, you know, the most genuine person. And here's somebody saying, you're this, you're that. You're awful. Because literally there is a manifestation that happens from, the, you know, in the demonic realm. Uh, when these people encounter the light, you're shining the light on the darkness when you walk in. That's why we're the salt and the light. Amen. So these people are traitors, they're heady, uh, they're high-minded, they're lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And here's the thing that always got me about this scripture. It says there's a form of godliness, okay, but they deny the power. There's a form of godliness, okay? So these people, there's people out there that are claiming to be Christians. That's why Christians, the, the name Christian has been so dirtied up. There's a lot of people that say, oh my goodness, I don't even want to hear anything about Christians. I can't stand Christians because they had a bad experience with somebody who called themselves a Christian. Now, if they had a, an experience with somebody who was a true believer that was really following the ways of the Lord, according to the word of God, you know, that was a follower of Christ, because that's what a Christian is, is a follower of Christ and his teaching and the word of God, because the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And by the way, the word of God was there in the beginning. Jesus is the word. So if you're a follower of Yeshua, a follower of Messiah, a follower of Jesus, you are a follower of the Bible, the whole thing. Okay, you don't leave parts out. You follow the entirety of what the Bible says, because the Bible is ultimate truth. And that's why not one jot or tittle has been proven wrong even today, even though they say trust the science and all this stuff. And then they don't trust the science when it comes to two genders. Uh, but, you know, they have all these things. They've made science a God. They've made government a God. It's an antichrist spirit that has risen up and it is in complete and total rebellion from the way of the Lord, from the truth of God's word. And that's why it is a rebellion towards you and the truth that you speak. And that's why there's that manifestation from the demonic when you even just maybe just enter the room. You know, some of you are at work and you're like, I don't get why my coworkers just hate me. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to give you an excuse because some of you just have a bad attitude. So that's another reason. But but if you have a good attitude and you are kind and you are loving and you're truly not doing anything wrong, but people just hate you, it's because they hate Christ that's in you. They hate the Holy Spirit. They're blasphemers. They, they literally hate it. So I want you to know these things, okay? So let me go to another scripture here now. Uh, if you got your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew 24, 10. Matthew 24, 10. And I'm going to read 10 through 13. Matthew 24, 10. I'm going to read 10 through 13. It says this. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures until the end will be saved. I'm going to read that last one again. Verse 13, it says, but the one who endures until the end will be saved. Now here, this is very important. Last week, we talked about finishing well. Why? Well, God just breaks it down right here is, is that we have to finish well all the way until the end. And that's what it means to be saved is not bailing out now because things are getting tough, not losing faith now because the, the news is bad and the outlook on the world and the economy is awful and all these different things are awful. This is going to be a, a test for us, but we're going to have to understand this discipline. Okay, now discipline is part of self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. We've talked about the fruit of the Spirit recently. But self-control and discipline, we're going to have to discipline ourselves to come out from the Babylon system. What does that look like? Well, I'm going to be actually writing a book about this because there's so much in my heart on this subject matter. This is what my next book is about. What does it look like when I had that angelic visitation that rocked my world, okay, that said, come out from among them, be consecrated. This was going to, I didn't know, this was going to define the message of what God has for his church and his ecclesia in this hour because we can't be defiling ourselves and being a part of this Babylon system. We have to completely come out of it. And how does that actually look? Because for the most part in the 80s and the 90s, in the 2000s, the church was really living inside a lot of the Babylon system. Let's just be real. But we're going to need to endure until the end. And in order for us to endure until the end, we're going to have to have a discipline not to be affected by the people that say horrible things, that attack us, that come against us, the, the very evil assignments of hell, you know, with family members and accusers and all these awful things, excuse me, that many of us are having to walk through. So let me read another scripture here, okay? Second uh, Peter 3, 3, 2 Peter 3, 3 says this. Above all, you must understand in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. Friends, this is happening everywhere. They're following their own evil desires. They're saying, you know, we'll, we'll leave that part out of the Bible. You know, that form of godliness, they're calling themselves Christians, but their fruit doesn't show anything that looks like Christianity. They're acting like the world. You know, they're acting like little mini celebrities. They're all about themselves. They're prideful. It's all the anti-fruits, but yet they're claiming Christ. They have a form of godliness, kind of like the modern leftists. You know, the modern leftists will have you thinking that they care about the migrants. They care about people. You know, love is love. You know, they, they, they've distorted reality. They've distorted the truth of God's word. They've taken a form of God's word and they've distorted it. But if you don't know the word and you haven't studied yourself to be approved, you can be deceived in that. You can be deceived because the, the devil always takes a form of truth and then he, he distorts it just like with marriage. 
well, can marriage not be between a man and a man? I mean, isn't marriage when people love each other? He takes a, a part of it and then he distorts it and then he forces it upon you. You notice that? So these people, they, you know, they, they're, they're forcing their ideology. They're forcing their beliefs down our throat. They're saying that, hey, Christians, they're mocking, they're scoffing. We're believing an imaginary friend in the sky. And, you know, are you getting mocked? Are you getting scoffed at? I know I am. If you're standing for truth and righteousness in this hour, you're going to be mocked and scoffed. And sometimes it's going to feel lonely. It's going to feel like you're isolated. Well, a lot of people in the Bible felt that way. A lot of people felt lonely and isolated because they were standing for truth. So you're, you're in good company. Um, first Peter four, seven, first Peter four, seven says this, the end of all things is near. It's pretty, pretty blunt right there. Therefore be alert and sober mind so that you may pray. What does he say to do? He says, pray, but not just pray, be alert and have a sober mind. People say, Pastor Todd, why aren't you about drinking? You know, why don't you think it's okay for Christians to have drinks? Well, look, that's up to you. I personally don't drink anymore. I, I used to. I'm not going to lie. I used to. Uh, but the Lord showed me, Todd, you got to be sober-minded. You got to be vigilant. You know, I realize I've made stupid decisions when I drank. And people say, well, I just have a glass here and there. Look, that's between you and God. I'm not going to sit here and say you can't have a glass of wine. That's between you and God, okay? But what I will say is the Bible is very clear, and it says be alert and have a sober mind, okay? And that, that, that includes smoking marijuana. That includes, you know, taking different pills and different drugs. I mean, there's so many different things that people do to, to you know, to numb themselves because of all of the egregious things that are happening. We feel like we got to numb ourselves down. But what does the Lord say? He says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind. And why? So that you can pray. Now, it's almost like a cop-out these days. People think it is, at least. You know, when something's going on, people will say, well, I'm praying for you. You know, I say it all the time. I'm praying for you. God really worked on my heart about this a few years ago. He says, if you say you're praying for somebody, you better be praying for somebody, Todd. Now, I don't know about you, but I take his word pretty seriously. And when the Lord said that to me, I repented and said, okay, I do need to be, you know, because it's really, it's kind of like a catch, you know, it's a phrase in the Christian world. Oh, I'll be praying for you. I'm praying for you. Are you really praying for him? I mean, the whole thing is if you're saying it, make sure you do. Make sure you do, because prayer is a powerful weapon, and we don't want to minimize or diminish what prayer means. God says the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded. That means be a watchman. Walk in the Issachar anointing of somebody that knows how to discern the times. Have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Be open to the Holy Spirit. Spend time in the secret place. And by the way, so that you can pray, 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 pray. The, the, the um, you know, the faithful fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He wants us to pray. You know, we've got to use the weapons of the warfare that we have. And, and, and so he wants us to pray. Uh, let's see here. What else? Okay, I got it. one more scripture. I'm going to read from Acts 2.17. Acts 2.17, it says this. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Amen. That's, that's definitely happening. People are dreaming dreams. They're getting visions. Um, you know, God is speaking to his remnant. Some of you say, well, I don't hear him. You, you got to listen for him. You got to make sure you get away to a place, whatever you got to do. Like today, this afternoon, I think I'm going to go take a walk by the creek. We have a creek by our house. I think I'm going to go take a walk by that. Why? I want to get alone with the Lord. I have learned, friends, especially with the scoffers and the mockers, because, you know, we got to have thick skin nowadays. But I'll tell you, once in a while, somebody will say something 
and it'll hurt my heart because I just, it just hit me from somewhere that I, you know, maybe I was tired that day. Maybe I wasn't prayed up. You know, maybe I was vulnerable. I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve a lot of times, you know, and you know, I have such a heart for people. You know, I mean, that's why my heart's just been breaking for what's going on down in Florida. I've just had such a heart for people. I love people. I hate to see people suffer. I hate to see people hurting. It just hurts me. And I want to do something about it. I'm a, I'm a doer. And so when somebody says like something that I know isn't true, like somebody said a, a word this week that was just so hurtful. And it was like, I don't know why, but you know, it was right before I went to bed and I went to bed sad. I went to bed sad that night and I woke up and I said, Lord, why was I so vulnerable to this person's vicious attack and word that they said? And, and the Lord said, because you're not prayed up and, and, and honestly, Todd, you're tired and, and you've been pouring out, but you haven't been spending enough time in the presence of, of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to make sure that we have the discipline to come out from among them, but also to not get swayed by the scoffers and the mockers. The Bible, literally, I just read it. The Bible said there's going to be people that are calling themselves Christians, but are not walking in Christ, that are not truly followers of the, of the word of God. You know them by their love. You know them by their fruit. You know, that, you know them if they're following the word of God. You can see the fruit in their life. And, and so, but these people that have a form of godliness that are claiming Christianity and doing a lot of damage out there and hurting a lot of people, maybe you've been hurt by one of these people. Maybe they've even been a pastor, I hate to say it. Okay, they have a form of godliness, but they're not in the presence of the Lord in a place where they're showing and exuding Christ and his love and his mercy. But see, God says, so simultaneously as these things are happening, and all this bad stuff is happening and people are waxing cold and, you know, they're lovers of themselves and you know, they have a form of godliness and they're haughty and they're, you know, prideful and they're, they're vicious and all these things that the Bible says that they would do, truce breakers. Over here, though, there's a, there's a pouring out of his spirit in the last days. In the, in, the, in the time of latter rain, there's a pouring out of his spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe the latter rain is not just something that happened, uh, you know, in the times of Jesus. Although, you know, that, that in Hosea, when they were talking about the latter rain, I do believe, and I, I put that up this week, you know, that I did mention about Jesus and, and the resurrection of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It was a precursor to Messiah. But I also believe that in the end times, there's a pouring out, there's a latter rain where he's going to pour out his spirit upon flesh, upon man. And, and there's gonna, we're going to see great signs and miracles. So here's the deal. It's the best of times and the worst of times at the same time. And when we walked into that new season, when we walked into that new season, whether it was 2016 or 2008 or, you know, whenever it started developing, where all of a sudden things shifted, and now we've seen that really come into fruition where we know we're in a different time. It's not going back to what they referred to as normal. Okay, that normal ain't coming back again. We are in a new season. It's a new time. It's a new wineskin. God is raising up a remnant for a time as this. This is a time for lions. This is a time to stand fast, to stand firm on the word of God. This is a time to fill yourself up in the presence of the most high God, to feed your soul, to be an intercessor, to be a prayer warrior, to fast and to pray and to be sober-minded and vigilant. That's the hour that we're in. That's the time that we're in. And so we shouldn't be surprised to see these things manifesting, the, 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 the spirit of Antichrist, the mockers, the scoffers, those that are calling us crazy and saying that we're hate, we're full of hate and, you know, biblical Christianity is hate speech and all the nonsense that the, the leftists and because that's demonic. 
And, and that's why we got to call a spade a spade. That spirit that they're walking in and those people are walking in, it's demonic, my friends. What place does light have with darkness? Hallelujah. So I'm going to kind of shift gears here because the thing is, is that as we are remnant end time believers, the best of times, the worst of times at the same time, the prophets of Baal and the prophets of God, Mount Carmel, apex moment in history, a defining moment, a crossroads, something is happening. You sense it. I sense it. We know something is different. We know we're, in, we're going into something. We know the end is not yet. We feel it. But yet there's such a pressure spiritually. There's such a pressure. And so we've got to remember that we serve the God of impossible. This is who we are. And, and Luke, uh, if you're taking notes, Luke 137, it says, for nothing will be impossible with God. We serve the God that has literally nothing that is out of his reach. Literally nothing that he can't do. He can do anything. He can move any mountain. He can stop any storm. He can calm the, the winds and the, and the sea. He has the ability to do whatever he wants. He is the God of heaven and earth, the creator of all things. With him, nothing is impossible. That's the God that we serve. We're on the winning team. In second, um, the number two scripture is Matthew 19, 26. Matthew 19, 26. Excuse me. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Literally the same thing that, that Luke said, Matthew said. Okay, uh, in Luke 18, 27, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. It's affirmation after affirmation after affirmation. And so the discipline, the self-control of us having this lifestyle now where we're sober-minded, we're vigilant. He says to pray. Prayer has to become like an everyday thing. Prayer has to become, I mean, people say, some of these people like Catherine Kuhlman and, you know, that new uh, David Wilkerson, people like this, they said these people were praying constantly. If you want a move of God in your life, if you want to walk in the supernatural, you have to be a person of prayer, my friend. I'm not just talking praying once a day before bed or when you wake up in the morning or, you know, getting on your knees real quick with your family or whatever. I'm talking about you are a warrior. You are a prayer warrior. Everything that's happening throughout the day, you're praying. Maybe it's under your breath, whatever. Maybe you got to get outside for a second. You are having a constant conversation with God. That is a sign of an end-time remnant warrior. You are a prayer warrior. Constant conversation with God. You spend time in the secret place. You have an active prayer life that's a two-way conversation where you are not only asking God, but you're also inquiring of God that he would speak to your heart, that he would give you short-term and long-term vision. In the next few weeks, we're going to get into more about vision. But I really believe we've got to have a long-term vision because, you know what, if we don't have that vision of where we're headed, where we're going, we're kind of just like a people that are wandering. You know, God is giving extensive orders and directions about how to have the discipline in this hour and how to not only survive, but thrive. Yeah, I know the economy is looking bad. I know it's scary. I know people are worried about their finances and their 401k, but we as believers, we operate outside of this world's economy. We are operating in God's economy. I have never talked about tithing more than I'm talking about in this last season. You say, well, why pastor tithe? Because I used to get really grieved at how people would take advantage of the saints. And I think that you know, a lot of people, you know, that are in the Christian world, you know, have become celebrity-ish and they have these big mansions and all these cars and, you know, and all that stuff while, you know, on the back of the believer. 
You know, now I believe the people that donated to them are still going to be blessed for their giving because I believe that, you know, God honors that. And he, you know, he didn't, he didn't know what they were going to do with it, but there's a lot of people that have burned people when it comes to tithing. So it's always been a touchy subject for me, but here's the thing. If we don't give God 10% of what we earn, we are robbing God of what's his, my friend. And here's the thing. I hear people all week long, call me and text me and email me and tell me, pastor Todd, pray for my finances. And listen, as your pastor or as you know, a pastor, maybe I'm not your pastor, but you're listening to the message. Here's the deal. I would, I would be lying to you and I wouldn't be setting you up for success if I didn't tell you what happened in my own life when I started being a giver. I literally cannot outgive God. I will tell you that right now. I can't outgive God. I'm telling you what is going on over here. I think there's a, a bug under my feet. The devil doesn't like me talking about this. Uh, hey, we're live. Okay. Um, but no, here's the deal, guys. Okay. If you want to be set up for success financially, you've got to be a giver. You got, and it's going to take faith, okay? And if this isn't your church, I'm not saying you have to give here, but if this is your church or you get something from these messages, it would be a blessing if you gave. Now, look, we look at the market and it's down, down, down. We look at our stocks. If you have stocks and bonds and things like that, you're like, oh my gosh, look what's happening. Well, this happened before in 2008. This happened before in the Great you know, Depression. I mean, this has happened over the years. And how does God get his people through? Because we can't outgive God. We are not in this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. Okay, we're, we're living in it, you know, in the natural, but in the spirit and the supernatural, we're a citizen of heaven. And so we are outside of the man's economy. We're outside of the, uh, of the things that are happening in the natural that are very egregious. God will take care of you. I got through a 2008 recession. I owned property at the time. You remember all those negative AM loans and all that awful stuff that happened? And you know what? I didn't lose nearly what many, many people lost. In fact, I got through the whole time period. I still had a job and the Lord took care of our family. And for the most part, we didn't really suffer a lot of pain. Now, some of you may have, and I'm not saying that you were less than or, you know, something's wrong with you if you did, but I'm just telling you the Lord was faithful in that time in this ministry and in our family. I was in the ministry back then, you know, and, and we got through the whole thing. And the reason why we got through, I believe, is because we were givers and there was an insurance policy on our finances. So if you want to have a blessing in the area of finance, you have to sow seed and that is going to set you up for success. OK, so you got to understand this. I mean, if you know, week after week, people come to me and they say, Pastor Todd, I'm, I'm financially just, you know, my finances are awful. You know, I can't get out of debt. I have bad credit. And, you know, it's hard for me because, like I said, I have that, you know, understanding of how many people have been burned in the body of Christ when it comes to, you know, tithes and offerings. But at the same time, this is this is a godly principle. And if you adhere to this principle and you and you sow your 10 percent or more, I know some people that are reverse tithers. They sow 90 percent and only live on the 10 percent. Those are people that, that understand the concept and have taken it to a whole other level. OK, we give way more than 10 percent, by the way. I mean, we probably give 30 to 40%. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not boasting about that. I'm telling you because God has blessed me. He's shown me the concept that I can't outgive him. You know, we have a heart for people. So when God says, send 500 this person, we do it. Sometimes that's all I got in the bank. I mean, we're not rich. Okay. We're not, we're not rich. We're not one of those ministries I was talking about. Okay. We last week, I think four people tied. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. I, you know, in, in the, on the Sunday service. And we got a couple offerings throughout the week. But I'm just saying, you know, if you think we're getting like all these, it's, it's, that's not what's happening. Okay. The bottom line is we do, we, we do this by faith and we do it because it's our calling. 
and we do it because we love the Lord. We're not doing it. You know, if people think that we're doing this for financial incentives, I made double what I make now when I was in the world, probably more than that. You know, my wife, way more. I mean, we all made way more in the world, but God has called us to the ministry. You know, and I don't, you know, we don't sit here and spend a lot of money on things, but I'm telling you, be a giver and watch what God does. You want to break that poverty mentality? You want to break that poverty spirit? This is how you do it. Uh, Jeremiah 32, 17 says this, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched your arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Uh, Mark 10, 27, if you're taking notes, Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but not with God, all things are possible. So in Matthew, in Luke, and in Mark, it says the same exact thing. Jeremiah 32, 27, it says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. And is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. We'll read it again. I am the Lord, your God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Uh, the seventh scripture here, Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 says this. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God is the God of the impossible. While the scoffers and the mockers and the false prophets and all the Baal worship and all the evil things that we're seeing happening in our nation and our world are happening simultaneously, best of times and worst of times at the same time. Prophets of God, prophets of Baal, apex moment. Here we are. And God is saying, I am the God of the impossible. Stay over here in my presence. Don't get caught up in the nonsense over here. Stay over here in my glory. Stay, you know, be out from among them. Come out from among them. Spend time in the secret place. Be a warrior. Be a lion. Sow your seed. Don't worry what the economy says. Sow your seed. It's a principle. Stand on the promise of God. Nothing is impossible with God. And see what I do. See what I do. We cannot be swayed by what's happening. We can't be swayed by how bad the news is. God is calling his people out. He's calling us out of Babylon, out of the muck and mire, out of the darkness of this world. He wants you to walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the trust of, the, of God. I trust you, Lord. Remember, uh, God is looking for a people that trust him. Remember that? All, all these sermons are kind of coming together. Because we're seeing God is, is, is you know, writing a, a, you know, he's drawn up a picture for us. This is how you're going to survive. Not only are you going to survive, but you're going to thrive. And there's going to be miracles and signs and wonders. And I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all men. We don't have to worry. We don't have to fear. We don't have to doubt. We don't have to receive the vicious words from the mockers and the scoffers. We are serving the God that is the God of the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. You say, well, Todd, I've been diagnosed with a, with a disease that I'm going to die. You serve the God of the impossible. Start declaring and decreeing over your situation. Start speaking words of life. Start recognizing the God that you serve. I've seen him do so many miracles year after year in the ministry. He's got us through the toughest times. He's got us through the most difficult accusations. He's got us through it all, friends. And we're still standing. And we're still thriving. Why is that? Because he's the God of the impossible. He's the God of the impossible. Is it the end times? Probably. I mean, I'm not saying we're in the tribulation. Okay, I think we're in the birth pangs. But, you know, I, I get that question everywhere I go around the country. Pastor Todd, is it the end times? I'm going to probably say yes. I think it is the end times. But here's the thing. He told us about all this. But see, he also told us all the good stuff. 
He also told us that he's with us. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can deal with. Uh, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Nothing in this evil world is going to overtake you. You feel overwhelmed. You feel like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? But just remember, you serve the God of impossible. You serve the God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You serve the God that literally died on the cross by his stripes. You're healed. Proclaim these things. Receive these words of life. Receive your identity in Jesus Christ. You serve the God of impossible. He's looking for a people that will trust him. Come on, friends. Come on. I'm going to read two more here. Okay. Proverbs 3. I'm sorry. Yeah. Proverbs 3 6. Proverbs 3 6. It says, In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. Does that mean that that doesn't happen in a recession or a depression or an economic collapse? Absolutely not. Of course it does. Okay. Economic collapse. The US dollar blows up tomorrow. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do? You're a child of the most high God. You serve the God of impossible. Trade and barter, there's going to be all different types. He's going to make a way where it seems like there's no way. He's going to provide just like he does the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. Okay, the scoffers and the mockers will deal with their fate unless they repent. You serve the God of the impossible. That's who you are. Job 42.2. Job 42.2. It says, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Come on. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. Uh, Mark eleven twenty four. I'm going to roll here. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and what it'll be yours. It'll be yours. We're going to have to discipline ourselves to come out from among them, to not be thin skinned when they scoff and they mock and they attack. And I'm I'm preaching to myself, okay. 20 plus years in the ministry, I still haven't mastered this, but I'm learning, but I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I know I need to. I know I need to. Okay, the scoffers, the mockers, the spirit of Antichrist, the demonic, all the evil stuff, okay, that the devil tries, the accusers, the liars, everything. We come out from among them. We are be holy, for I am holy type of people. We are set apart. We, we are not in this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're in the world, but we're not of it. Okay? Somebody's going to say, well, we're in the world, Pastor Todd. We are in the world. You're right. Okay? We're in it, but we're not of it. What I'm saying is, is that even though we're here in the natural, we are citizens of heaven. We come out from among them. Coming out from among them doesn't just mean, you know, coming out from, from all the evil stuff that you see in this hour. It means really operating in faith, really trusting in God. Not listening to the, to the lies of, of man. Not listening to the propaganda and all the different things that man is saying. We've got to listen to God. We serve the God of impossible, my friends. We serve a God that is able to do anything. He is able to fix your situation with your family. He's able to fix your situation with your finances. He's able to fix that person that's attacked you and come against you. Our job is to forgive them and to bless them in Jesus' name. Doesn't mean we got to hang out with them. Doesn't mean we got to like them, but we are forgiving people. We do forgiveness, not just for them. We do it for us so that we can be released, that we don't have something manifesting in our own heart that's going to cause us sickness or disease. 
We release these things and we live in the peace that passes understanding and we operate as sons and daughters of the Most High, knowing who we are and knowing what we're capable of doing. Are you getting something out of this? We serve the God of the impossible. So yes, the times are tough. Yes, we're in the end times. Yes, we've got to come out from among them. You know, all these things, we, we have determined by the scripture that the hour is late. We have determined by the scripture that it's either dark or light, that we are in a spiritual battle. We've determined by the scripture that we have the weapons of our warfare, which are the sword of the spirit, which are prayer, which is fasting and the tools that God has given us. We have determined through the scripture that we are to be set apart. And we have determined by the scripture that we are on the winning team. We serve the God of the impossible. So what I want you to do right now is I want you to pray. The message is coming to a close. In a minute, we're going to give you an opportunity. I want you to be thinking about this. If you have not received in your heart the God of the impossible, if you have not received Jesus as your Savior, in a minute, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. So get ready. But before we do that, I just want to talk to everybody right now, okay? Will you receive in your heart today that you serve the God of the impossible? Will you pray as if you serve the God of the impossible? Because you do. Will you believe in faith, big faith, Season of big faith. Will you believe in this season of big faith that you serve the God of the impossible? Will you believe with your financial situation that you serve the God of the impossible? Will you believe with your marriage that you serve the God of the impossible? Will you believe with that prognosis or that diagnosis that they've given you that you serve the God of the impossible? If you haven't received that yet, will you do that this morning, this afternoon? Will you receive the God of the impossible? I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. I'm not saying to get saved. We're going we're to do that in a minute here. I'm saying, will you receive in your, in your walk with Yeshua, in your walk with Jesus, will you receive from this day forward, I'm set apart, I'm out of the Babylon system, I serve the God of the impossible, and that's how I'm going to pray, and that's how I'm going to believe, and that's how I'm going to look forward. I'm not going to get fearful by what's going on in this world. I'm going to serve the God of the impossible, and he is going to take care of my family, and he is going to take care of my situation, and he is going to take care of me according to his scripture, according to his word, because he is not a God that he, I mean, he's not a man that he can lie. He's God. He is God. Okay, he's not a man that he could lie God is going to take care of you. Okay, will you receive that? Let's pray right now. Put your hands up. Receive this right now. Jesus, we thank you, Father God, for today's message. And I pray that this Remnant Warrior group all around the world would recognize that we serve the God of the impossible. Yeah, the hour is late. There's scoffers. There's mockers. There's liars. There's haughty people. There's haters of, of Christians that are out there right now. But God, we are in it, but we're not of it. And we are coming out from that Babylon system and we are walking in complete and total victory in Jesus Christ because we receive today that we serve the God of the impossible. That's who you are, Lord. That's who we are. We are children of the Most High God and we say yes to your promises and we say yes to your blessing and we say yes to your favor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I pray, Father God, as we pray that together, that you would be all over the saints of God right now with your spirit, Father God. They would feel a touch, a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit, that they would be recharged, strengthened in their faith today, Father God, full of your joy, full of your peace, Father God, and breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' name. Breakthrough over their situation, breakthrough over their finances, breakthrough over their marriage, breakthrough over their children, breakthrough over the accusations against them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo! 
Hallelujah. Something's happening. Something's happening. I feel the breakthrough. I feel it. Yes, God. Yes, we receive it. Yes, we receive it. We serve the God of the impossible. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Kind of a different message. This is what God put on my heart for today. Friends, I love you. I bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Listen, before we go, I want to give you that opportunity now. If you, if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and your Savior, say, Todd, if I were to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I'm just not sure I'm on my way to heaven. Todd, I want to make sure. If that's you, just lift your hand right now. That's me, Pastor Todd. I want to go to heaven. I want to make sure my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's me. Just lift your hand. It doesn't matter who's around you. It doesn't matter if you're by yourself. God sees it. That's you. Just go ahead and repeat this prayer, okay? To say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for dying for me on the cross. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I accept you into my heart. I receive you into my heart. Lord, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. You said that prayer. You have just walked out of darkness and walked into the light in the life of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that literally the angels are rejoicing in heaven over your decision right now. And friend, it's, this is the beginning of a whole new experience, a whole new season in your life. You, you can never go back. God has got a hold of you. God is changing your situation. God is with you. He says, even until the end of time, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. If you made that decision this morning and you want to speak to me or you know set up a time where we can pray or you need a Bible, please reach out. Uh, you can go to pastortodd.org, very easy, pastortodd.org, and right there say contact, and that'll go directly to my email, and write me, and I would love to hear from you, and we can pray together, and uh, I just want to make sure you have everything that you need to be set up for success in Jesus Christ. We love you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back again next week. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon.